Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is Dave Snowden. I've got various titles ranging from professor at a complexity center to professional curmudgeon, and I'm not too much fresh which you use. And this is the Agile Uprising podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hersko. Uh, this week, we have a very special episode. We're going to be talking about, uh, you probably have seen it if you were at Agile 2022, the Agile Kata. And who better to talk about the Agile Kata than the man, the innovator behind it himself from Incrementor, Mr. Joe Krebs. Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Jay. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation here. This is awesome. Likewise, likewise. So, Joe, for, for people who may not be familiar with you or Incrementor or your work, can you give us a little bit of a background? Yeah, I've been around for a while in the uh, in the agile community. Um, you know, like the early two thousands, even before uh, the, the the change of the century. Uh, you know, the use case driven development and things like that in the nineteen nineties, and uh, changed towards more agile. Obviously, in two thousand and one, um, and did a lot of work uh, within companies, and then in two thousand and seven, started my own company, Incrementor, and. Since uh, then, I've been coaching training on Agile processes such as uh, Scrum, Kanban, and now more and more Agile Kata. Awesome, awesome. So, and the Agile Kata is actually how I found you. I've been following your work for a bit. Okay. Uh, I've got, I got a couple, I have a poster around here somewhere, uh, a collaboration <laughs> poster. I have some stickers mm-hmm. all over the place. And the Agile Kata, I, I got the poster, I got the one sheet. And then this is one of those rare practices, for me at least, a lot of guys um, or a lot of practitioners, they have this whole shirts and certs thing where they're rolling out giant training programs and all that. This was one of those things that I picked up, I read it, and I said, well, this kind of just makes a logical sense. And I turned and I showed it to another coach who started using it with a, with a, with a, a customer of ours, one of the business units we're working with, and the results were almost instantaneous, almost instantaneous. That is so, so and that's why I was like, I got to get Joe to talk about this because this is one of those rare, like not no offense to some of the people who do the more high minded and they want to write a 600 page book about it. There's a place for that. But this is something where I literally picked it up, understood it, ran with it and it worked. So I want to start with let's talk a little bit about um, where where did the 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 genesis come from, Joe? Like where uh, where did this come? How did this come to you to say, hey, this is something we could really use? Well, so uh, I sometimes people call me like the the creator or the, the innovator of the, the agile kata I, i'm basically bring two camps together right the agile and the kata camp um and how it all started it was actually more like in 2014 uh that way back when we started as incremental engaging with clients on agile transformations and um we just looked for ways of you know 2014 i mean it's hard to believe 2022 right now right uh hard to believe like what were the challenges at that time and we we're like yeah, it was agile transformations well i was like that was a hot topic at that time and how to do this uh but the problem and that's how something we noticed was that a lot of organizations um went you know through the agile transformation in a waterfall way yes so yes. we are not it, agile about our tra- we are not agile about our agile more often exactly. than not yes right <laughs> certain things like 
when will this agile transformation be over question mark right and, and so obviously we knew there had to be a better way out there we tried several other things um we try to use processes like scrum for an agile transformation more like on a meta level uh, but we weren't really successful. I have to be totally honest with you. So those things worked uh, very, very well for like team and product development, but not so much for an agile transformation. So we will keep searching. It's like, there's got to be something out there. And I have to say, it took us a long time. We experimented. We had our own uh, um, approach at that time. And then I stumbled across Mike Roth's work of the Toyota Kata. And I was like, maybe there is something to it. And I have to say this topic, uh, you know, just uh, uh, capture me like uh, entirely. Mm -hmm. like, this is there's something really cool here, something we can use. And it's this basic pattern, as you said, like in the beginning, right? It's like this basic pattern. It just makes sense. It's like, maybe that's what it is, right? So to take, uh, we can talk about those uh, details a little bit if you like, but it's like to take the time boxing off, for example, right? The, what is in other process like these strict two-week rhythms, and maybe they're not necessarily the right path to take for an agile transformation, but still keeping the same, things you would see in other empirical processes like um, uh, inspection and adaptation and working in very, very small steps. And we we just got drawn to this Kata thing. However, the, the Kata, uh, Toyota Kata as it is, comes out of manufacturing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so very successful and has been proven for decades there too. Right? So Agile and Kata, both camps are, um, uh, they, they have a history. And uh, so we made some tweaks there too, um, because it had to work in an agile environment, right? So we want to create an environment that will be agile. We're not just going to uh, try to improve, improve, improve. We want to improve into a specific direction, and that is agility. So that's where it uh, came. And then in 2018, we um, formalized it. And that's something um, that were like the early beginnings. And at this point, we call it actually the Agile Transformation Cutter. So this was the original term because we just thought, let's use this for Agile Transformations. But then we were um, we learned from people that are using this that this could be used for many, many other things. Mm. And that's when we dropped the word transformation and um, I just called it Cutter. It's, <laughs> there's, uh, to your point, there, there is brilliance, uh, there is elegance in the, in the simplicity, right? And not to say that it's oversimple, it's simple in the sense of, you're right. We're not agile about our agile. More often than not, we come in with a giant with a giant plan of how mm. we're going to do the transformation, which is you know that oxymoron in itself, like jumbo shrimp. Um, but even when we even when we start bringing up things like Scrum or like Kanban, which for us are fairly simple because we've been I had our heads wrapped around them long enough. If you show up in an organization, you start talking about Scrum or Kanban, it can be overwhelming. Even when you have a, um, a consultant, you know, no offense to consultants, the consultants will show up with the safe big picture. That's kind of overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, and, and I'm going to put a link to the show to, in the show notes to the site. Um, Joe has a poster. He has a one sheet. I use this one sheet religiously. I keep it on the side of my desk right. where it's elegant and simple. And I actually sent it to a VP that we're working with. And I said, this is the, this is the thought process. This is the model we want to use, the pattern we want to use. And within less than a day, you know, because it got lost in his inbox because they have so many email, he yeah. came back and he said, this makes total sense. Let's do this because mm. I, he can he could understand that much simpler than, like you said, trying to explain to people a two week time box with planning and a retro and a right. demo. Not to say that those things are bad. It's just they they may cognitively pollute what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So so let, let's talk like let's walk through it, Joe. So you start right. with the first thought is understanding the direction or challenge. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this there's a four step pattern. So I often refer to it as a pattern. 
Um, some people call it a process, but it, it's it's more like a pattern of four steps uh, you, you can do. And the first one would be uh, capturing the direction of where do we want to go or the challenge uh, we want to go. Now, that is already um, a piece where we can get a good handle on. So that would not be, for example, we want to transform our organization towards Agile. That would be too big, right? That would mm -hmm. be more like a, an overarching vision of several, several approaches we would take with the cutout. But the direction could be, uh, for example, introducing an, an, an agile process to, to an organization or improve an existing uh, process, right? So that's one of the strengths of the uh, agile cutter yeah. is that it can start at any given point, right? So you can, you can, it's not like a start to end process. It's not like you have to throw away everything you're doing right now because you're switching to agile cutter. The agile cutter can pick you up where you are. It's just like, where are you right now? And what is your next challenge? And that challenge could be, uh, for example, um, I just recently heard from somebody like uh, conflict resolution in um, in a in an organization where right? there's a lot of conflict and really yeah, so they wanted to use uh, that as a challenge, but it could be also like typical agile transformation, introducing an, an agile process to a team, um, and that could be a direction to possibly on a maturity chart take a team from a one level to the next level, something like that. So it's. It, you can get a handle on it. It's not like a, a, a vision for the next three mm. years. It is something that is possibly doable within a four, six months time frame. Um, and that, that's where you would start with uh, getting direction. So some, some people have that visionary step in the beginning and say, what is the overarching thing? But the Agile Cutter would not need that. So this would start with a challenge, step number one. The, what's, what's, what is the problem directly in front of me? What am I trying to get around? Yeah. And you, you just, uh, the, one of the lines you just dropped, which I wrote down was, it's not just about transformation, but it's also about improvement. Yes. So like you said, you don't need some grand plan. You could start with what is, the, what is the barrier currently in front of me? And then how can I envision around it? So, so bootstrapping off that, once I understand my challenge, I understand that barrier, I'm trying to get around get around the way I want to go. My next step is, I, I call this the reality step. So where are we currently, right? And you call yes. it grasping the current condition. So yeah. am I to understand, Joe, that's really about creating the almost the mental model of the delta to say, here's where, here's what's in my way and where I want to go, but here's where I am now, right? Is it's almost like, like snapping a line, so to speak? Yeah. And Jay, this is the most important step in my opinion. Um, there are so many uh, folks out there in, in agile transformations. They are being tasked, either consultants or internal coaches, as that we're going to do an agile transformation and we're going to go forward and we have these recipes, right? And we're going to get started with working. And it is a good mindset to get on problems and solving these problems. But it's that very important step in this cutter is to say, first, step back and see where you are before you jump to conclusions, right? Um, I don't know how many listeners um, right now would say, well, you know, our agile transformation was successful, let's say, or, you know, we had some obstacles, but overarchingly it was a good investment. And we would say, why? And there would be no answer to that, right? It's like, I can't quantify it. And that's what the current condition actually is. You're going back and you're saying like, what is really, where, where are you? Where do I pick you up? Are you brand new to this are you already two years in but what is your current condition where are you in obviously in relation to the direction we want to take right so we're assessing mm -hmm. ourselves and that is a very important step um and it's i gave a talk I call it like uh, don't cut our corners right <laughs> like a little <laughs> play right so uh, that's my thing it's like don't cut that corner right so don't jump right into and do things step back and assess where you are and we call that like assessing the current condition and that's 
that's an important step in terms of agility. Where are we possibly reflecting on the Agile Manifesto and say like, where are we really in terms of agility? And how do we possibly quantify that and say like, we are X, Y, C, we have a number next to it. And that is an important step because only then you can later down the road in six, 12, 18 months, you can say, we have pushed the nail. We have uh, changed the way of how this organization has worked. We have increased um, in parallel, maybe profitable, right? An organization that has increased revenue um, through an agile transformation, for example, there's hard data, uh, but that, that requires a team to step back first. And I, now I understand after you've fleshed out a bit why this truly is the most important step in the sense of you need to be honest with yourself, yeah. right? You need yeah. to, yeah, I mean, the the quote that I, I stole it from, I think I stole it from a professional, the professional agile leader. There was a, uh, uh, in the narrative, they say facts are friendly. And this is where to your, I, I think it, you just reiterated to me that if you're not truthful with yourself about where you currently are in relation to where you want to go and what that challenge is, you're going to end up going down a path where you could waste time, you could waste money, you could waste time and money. And at the end of all that, 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 that stress and that's that sweat and hard work, you, you may actually end up worse off than you were. Right. Exactly. And that's also a finding, right? We can even like fail fast. We often talk about that in product development. It's also the process um, uh, development. That's a, that's another thing. I do want to say though, even though I, I, I said that it is an important step, right? They all four are important, but this mm -hmm. one, I think we have the most, opportunity for learning and transformational work in team development in improvement ideas and so on. I, um, this is based on my experience. I've seen so many coaches jump right in and uh, go into um, solution finding rather than first looking at it where we are. Do, do you think that also, Joe, that is that also a, um, a side effect of the way our industry is perceived where, Oh, I, I pay, I pay what, well, you know, big vendor X, a not insignificant amount of money to hire a coach. And I want the coach to come in and that, that terrible term air quotes, hit the ground running right. where we know that after doing what we do it, you got to spend some cycles to understand yeah. the rhythms, like what amounts to is the circadian rhythm of the organization and how, how, how information flows through your informal networks and how things get done. And it, it almost is, it's almost a challenge to the leaders that we're working with to, you got to give me a beat here. Yeah. So I can get my feet below me and truly grasp the current condition because That's otherwise right. I'm going to run forward. And I think this is where um, some of us have experienced failure. We run forward trying to apply a pattern that we learned in a previous example. And while on the, on the greater scheme of things, these things are all stochastic at the, at the, at the level that we're working at, they're not all the same. And right. we need to take that beat and that breath to understand, but yet we we're kind of being forced to not to. That's, that's right. And it doesn't have to be a very lengthy activity either, right? I don't want to scare anybody here in lengthy, lengthy assessments or anything like that. It could be a, a simple data point, like how often do we release our product per year or something like that, or per month or whatever the, the right uh, data point is. And how can we, if that is a concern of an organization, how can we increase that, right? So you could look back 12 months into your coaching of uh, on an organization, or let's say as an enterprise coach, you can look back and say, through the work we have done using the Kata, we have increased um, release cycles by you know 200% or something like that. And now all of a sudden you have something you can attach value to your work you have done within an organization. I'm not saying to justify your work, but it's just like to say like the Agile, Agile has a benefit for this organization. And the reason of going more and more into that direction has continuously um, that kind of benefit. 
So that that's an important step. So don't cut our corners, right? <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to use that, and I'm going to introduce that within the conversations I have about this. Yeah. Um, so we we've talked about we understand the direction the challenge you're trying to go into. Then we're we're grasping where we are currently. We're being real with ourselves. We're being mm -hmm. honest. Here's where I am. Next, we establish the target condition. That's right. And and let's talk a little bit more about that. What? Mm -hmm. How should we think about that target condition? Is there is there like a is there like a heuristic about you know how far out, how far in, long, short, size? What do you what do you think, Joe? What yeah. do you what have you seen work, and what would you suggest? Yeah, so there was another appealing thing when I first read about the uh, the cutout, right? So when I came across this thinking, I was like, there's something to that, especially from an organizational perspective. Um, the target condition should be short, right? Um, it should be something a team uh, could be working on a week or two. Uh, but it's not a sprint, right? So, and what that does to a team uh, that might not be fully dedicated, right? We're talking about business agility. We're talking about organizational change. You might not have HR people 100% dedicated to this like you would have with scrum teams, right? Yeah. So, so um, however, you want to move something forward using the Kata and people are coming together, but that's just not full time, 100% um, of their time. But what this target condition does is because there is a lack of uh, a spring boundary or an iteration um, uh, to make this a little bit more neutral is there is the, the goal is to reach that target condition in a good quality, whatever that team thinks in the shortest possible time. So nobody says you have two weeks time to do this, right? Mm. It's not within a time box. This is like, let's go after that and figure out, you know, does that seem to be reasonable to be accomplished within a week or two? Um, and if that's the case, that is a target condition. And then we say, let's go after that. So each target conditions, TC, TC, TC goes towards the direction we have. That's the step number one, right? So we need several target conditions to make our way to uh, towards that challenge we have initially identified. So just definitely some stepping stones. We're not going to achieve the challenge within one thing that then right. the direction was too small. Right. And I like the, I like how you just said, you don't necessarily need to think in terms of a iteration or a sprint or a time box. It really is how, how far out can we make this where it's aspirational, but how short in, how close in is it that we can actually get the learning and reflect on that learning and then update where we go next. Exactly. Right. So, um, and then we, once we have to find that, right. And maybe that is a, a data point that relates to the current condition where we say like, okay, current condition, we are here target condition we want to be ideally there within a very short period of time and now comes step number four right experimenting mm -hmm. and, um, so that is and that's also very different it's like the team is now in a fully self-organized way right so they are like we're experimenting how do we get to this target condition from where we are right now and uh, that's really scientific thinking if you think about that right so you have a hypothesis you're you're thinking about how to achieve this and now you're planning your experiment um, or experiments if you need several ones and maybe one experiment fails to try something else but the goal is always that target condition and once you reach that you go back and you have a new current condition because you just reached that right right, right. it feeds back into itself it, 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 so and to, to your point about the whole um not being agile bad agile or being agile by a plan and no at no point when you build that plan do you build in that feedback loop you know peter mellow calls it the whole triple loop learning thing what mm -hmm. does the team learn what does the program learn and what do we learn overall exactly. um your your direction challenge and current condition change with every experiment because you have shifted in um in a different direction not necessarily good or bad right but just a yeah. direction so mm -hmm. you need to reassess. That's right. 
exactly and uh so some, sometimes I hear people, isn't that just like a PDCA kind of um, a cycle? Well, that would be just the step four because we're iterating, right? <laughs> right, the action. Doing, checking, acting, so on, right? So we, we keep going um, in those cycles. So, uh, and once we started using that, uh, that pattern with, with organizations, we already realized that there is something, an agile transformation could be a, a very huge for some organizations, right? An overwhelming task. So uh, what we found is that breaking things down into these directions, working in these very small steps, sometimes baby steps, right? Uh, but at least we're going to kick things off and we're going to start walking towards what we're trying to achieve. And the cutoff provides super fantastic guidance. And that's why we're, you know, it's where we're so thrilled. So we've been doing this, right? Just to come back to the incremental beginning and the, uh, since 2018. And, and then in 22, we decided to... Um, share it with the world. We basically said, here's the Agile Cutter for everyone to use. We made it available as a share-like license. Um, we're still shipping those posters. We often get requests for people, can you just make it a download? Um, and we're like, we want this to be hung up. Tact right? Tactile, there's something yeah. you said about it being tactile and having yeah. it in your hands that the more virtual we get, the yeah. more we kind of forget what it's like to, that's the best part, man. I love going to the mailbox mainly because I buy too much shit from Amazon, <laughs> but that's a different conversation. But yeah. I, the whole idea of, Oh, look, another book is here. Like I, yeah. that's the coolest part. And I, I, yeah. I'm, I love how you do that. And, and I got, I got one of the stickers over here. I think this is one of them. Yep. I got, I got them yeah. sitting around on my desk. I hold them up in meetings all the time. Again, that, that tactile nature um, to your point about, to your point about, well, isn't it just PDCA? When I was looking at this, and I just recently finished David Marquet's Leadership is Language, where he talks about the idea of red work and blue work. So blue work is your thinking, your thought, your reflection, your red work is the actual doing. When we typically look at a transformation, we spend a lot of time doing the blue work, but then it's all red. This process is a healthy balance between blue and red, where you think you do, you think you do, you think you do, which in Marquet's book, he actually says that is the path to success. Mm -hmm. It's the constant cycling back and forth because if you do too much blue you're in analysis paralysis if you do too much red you're just running forward without without even you know solipsistically looking forward and saying not even being aware of what's going on in the in the fringes so yeah. that was the the balance that i was like yeah this this that makes sense in view of this because it forces us to not get too far one way without taking the, the pause to say okay where do we sit now mm -hmm. yeah no definitely so there's, there's a great balance we could say there are the first three steps are uh, planning activities within uh, within the cutter, right? So we could say, what's the direction? What's the current condition? What's the target condition? So it's reflection on yourself and say, what is it we want to achieve? So it feels like three out of four steps is, uh, you know, related to organizing yourself. However, these are very short in terms of time, mm -hmm. right? So these are very focused, short kind of activities, whereas the experimenting step four is the lengthiest in the, in the timeline. So I think there's a healthy balance, as you say, um, to this, to this pattern, it's common sense. It just makes, uh, it just clicked when we saw it and we said, we have to explore that further. Um, so, yeah, so it's out there. I can only invite everybody to go to right. agile.org, to agile <laughs> you know, and uh, there are people who have reached out to me and they said, this is so cool. I want to translate this for you. Is that okay? So now I think it's, uh, I don't know the exact number, six, seven languages already. That's great. It's awesome, right? So uh, I have to publish one um, um, soon. For, there's another one ready. So we're going to put them out because people are actually just like you, right? Interested in how do we 
broadcast this message to other people, and in this particular case, to people who would, would like to read this in a different language. So I'm I'm thrilled about that. And also, That's great. That's great well, to hear. Yeah, and we also um, um, now this is the free. Everybody can try, read up on it, smart up on it, give it a shot, kind of uh, approach. So this is the share like is agilecata.org. And uh, what we're now creating for 23 uh, is an, uh, more like a, an assessment kind of Agile Kata Pro, that's Agile Kata Pro program where people can actually uh, take a course in this and uh, with other instructors, so this is not me only, uh, with other instructors delivering this uh, around the world. So there are uh, several trainers uh, lined up and they, they're ready to get started in 23. Um, and just to bring um, this through exercises, examples, and use cases uh, to people. And the use cases are different, right? So we're going to go into different areas of in an mm. organization. So how do I use it on a team? How do I use it to increase business agility? How do I use it for agile transformations? And then after that, uh, we'll assess and then um, give people a certificate um, where they can say, you know what, I know something about this and I would like to try that. So I'm not you know, and it's not just like reading up on it. So we invite people to go to either side of the thing. There is a commercial aspect to it, it, it courses, material, instructors, but there's also something where people can just smart up as they as they wish on their own. That, that you provided the perfect segue because that was one of the things I wanted to ask. I've noticed the emails have changed and they're right. coming out more frequently. You've got this this more managed. Um, some people learn better in that rigid kind of classroom state. I mean, not everybody can pick up a book and read it and say, okay, I grokked it. We're good. Let's go. And I, and I was really kind of geeked about that. And I've actually sat around the office to say, hey, some of you might, maybe we think about doing this together because this might be a good way for us to kind of circumvent some of the some of the built-in complexity we've inadvertently introduced. And, and, I, and uh, for our listeners, I'll give you, I'll give a textbook example of how we actually use this. this is a real life example. Awesome. Um, so where I'm working with uh, one of my business partners has somewhere between five and eight teams all working together, not necessarily a safe train per se, but they're all kind of working together. And we, we have a, a coach working with them. We have a quasi RTE, each team is a scrum master. They're all scrum teams. And there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. And as a leadership team, we've been looking at how do we how do we start introduce the idea of change and start making little changes where we don't know where exactly where we want to be, but we know that where we are now is not optimal. So what we did is we actually threw it, we did a whole exercise in Miro where we threw a bunch of ideas out. These are things we can do. And each one got boiled down into an experiment. Maybe the experiment was having uh, product owners with direct support from BAs on the technology side, because it's a lot of data and AI and ML, which is very complicated. We had another experiment of, well, how do we get rid of our scrum of scrums and make it turn into a more collaborative conversation around impediments and dependency? Mm. And each one of those formed a swim lane, which we then built a kata on top of. Mm-hmm. So, and but we didn't build it. The coach didn't build it. The scrum masters didn't build it. The team built it themselves with the leaders. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay, well, here's what we've got. Here's what we've identified. I think there was like five or six swim lanes. And then we said, which one do we want to tackle first? Right. And then it was the leaders said, oh, well, let's hit this one. This seems like low hanging fruit. We can knock this out, know if it makes sense. And then while we're learning from it, we can go on to something else. And for everybody listening, the, 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 the response has been great. We have literally, I think it's every, I think it's every three weeks or four weeks or something. We literally bring up the board. And we say, okay, where are all, how are all these things going? Oh, well, we've run this one. And then in the time between the last meeting and this meeting, we ran another one and now we've landed here. So we're consistently 
reevaluating that direction. We're consistently reevaluating where we've landed. And as far as real life applicability, literally we do it in a PowerPoint slide and the conversations that come out of just reacting to what we said, you can't script those sort of things. It just, it just organically happens. And now you have the people who you're trying to get to quote unquote change. They're literally pulling the results forward because they're seeing the progress and they, okay, well, Here's our next target. Here's our next target. It's, it's yeah. kind of wild. It kind of makes your life easier too. <laughs> yeah. The, the interesting thing, Jay, is, is that what I'm hearing is also like people are volunteering for things, right? So it's like um, it, they're not necessarily planned for. It. So very natural things like, hey, I've got my, you know, I've got an hour right now. I'm going to focus on something, right? And here's an item I can work on. So self-organization, self-management um, really uh, is, is being even... Uh, promoted even more so right then it's mm-hmm. been like in in other processes right because it's like it's just an experiment let's try something and what is the outcome did we achieve it no what else could we do right and uh so it pushes the problem or the challenge back to the team it's like how do we solve this and uh and it took the time box off so for cultural change for um organizational change that is a wonderful pattern um to use now uh there are some teams that are using this now as a team process right or pattern mm-hmm. Uh, to actually use it instead of other processes. Um, but uh, again, your story right now, this is just compelling, right? When you, when you, when people are trying this and that's the feedback we're hearing from, from folks out there, it's like, I've tried this here, I've tried this there and it's, it's working, right? I mean, it's, uh, it just proves the point that uh, the pattern is, uh, is rock solid. And, um, and, and that's why, why I'm happy to bring it back to, to the world and say like, try it, give it a shot. There is, uh, what's the worst thing that can happen if you're right, trying, right. trying this, right? It's a very, you're losing possibly a short cycle. You're learning something and you might not, it might not fit your culture. That That's one thing. But uh, the feedback we're getting is is uh, extremely positive. It's great. It's great. And like you said, a big part of it, a big part of the, the, the part that ended in a place that we were all quite surprised was the idea of the push versus pull. And, and you know, I think it was Peter Drucker said, it's not that people hate change. They hate when change is done to them. When we introduced this thing, we did find people coming out of the woodwork to to volunteer to yeah. say, "Hey, that 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 experiment we want to run, that improvement kata around the the portfolio process, the portfolio yeah. combine where we can't visualize our work, I'll take that because yeah. I'm really close to the tool." And there were people coming out of the woodwork, yeah. and not only not only offering to pick up parts of it, but they were offering a new perspective. They were putting feedback back into the system of, hey, did you all know that well, why we think it goes from A to B and actually goes from A to F and then back to B, those type of insights you can't put money on because that's just knowledge that someone's paying back that's, oh, well, maybe we really need, need to regrasp our current condition yeah. because what we thought was an assumption really is kind of off. It's yeah. been really it's been really interesting to say, and I don't want to jinx it and hope it goes off the rails, but it really has been cool to watch things progress in a way where people are grabbing and going right so what we what we did jay and this is this is really cool right that you're you're mentioning this in terms of the the cultural differences uh the the original toyota kata uh, out of manufacturing is is exactly that kind of core thing we talked about one two three four before um but what we what we want to make sure is with the agile kata is that we're going to take it one step ahead right we want to make sure that we're going into mm-hmm. an agile direction so our reflection should be always applying the kata through the eyes of of agile because that's mm-hmm. really that, that gives us the overarching uh, direction so um we always include like for example liberating structures right um, mm-hmm. we use an open space um as as group work to find out what is the direction right a perfect tool 
to be used uh, uh, within that context is to possibly run an open space event, right? Yeah. Um, or it brings the power artists that, that gives us a direction. It gives us a, a shared vision because we're all in a room together and we're all working on this topic together. And then uh, I'm not saying you have to do open space every day, but that would be a great uh, way to start. Yeah, I can see that. Point. Yeah. And, and if you're using this cutter this way and you're in, enriching it, let's say with um, agile techniques and tools, for example, liberating structures, just one of them, uh, people notice instantly there's change. This is a different meeting we're doing here right now, right? This mm -hmm. feels different. We have not done this before, right? And it feels powerful, right? So the cultural change happens while the cutter is being executed, not as a result of it. That is always what I say. Like you said, mm. if you're going through an agile transformation, you're expecting the agile transformation to turn you into an agile organization. But that might be months and months uh, of, of working until you see the benefits. We want to make sure the, the techniques being applied during the cutter and create that culture already while we're doing this, right? So pairing, mobbing, um, open space, um, all great, great techniques, lean coffees, like bringing yeah. the techniques in, right, to, to facilitate that kind of process. Also, to work as an agile coach using the cutter, obviously, you have to understand uh, the, the, the pattern of the cutter and what it can do for you, right? So the, the role of an agile coach might get bigger and more enriched, right? Because how do I work with a team that is going through a cutter? Beautiful stuff. Fantastic. It's fantastic. I, I, I can't I can't think of a better note to end on than that. So Joe, um, if people want more information, obviously I'm going to link to your sites and the show notes. If people yeah. want more information, they want to get in contact with you. Um, they want to look at some of these courses that you're going to be offering. Where do they go? The, uh, for the courses, the best way to go is agilecutter.pro. That's okay. Agilecutter Professional. We want to, there is courses. It's a one-day course uh, right now. So it's a one-day course. And that course is where level one is getting started. It should be a short course because the topic, uh, you know, we want people to get started with this. Um, there is agilecutter.org. That is the uh, nonprofit uh, site, so to speak, where we're sharing white papers, uh, the, yeah. the white paper of the Agile Cutter, so people can just read up on it and try it. Uh, that's one way. And then obviously they can reach out to me via uh, email that is jkrebs at incremental.com. Uh, but I, we are taking everything, even this poster you have in this card, we're taking that card and poster and move over the next weeks and months. We're going to move all that white labeled over to agilecutter.pro. Uh, we want uh, that separated from incremental, which just one of the training companies mm -hmm. that are providing this. And we want to really create a culture um, of agilecutter at agilecutter.pro. All right. That sounds fantastic. So uh, once again, Joe, I want to thank you for taking the time this morning okay. to sit down with me. This has been a great, great way to start my day. I will tell you that much. Um, usually it's a status meeting and I want to drive nails in my eyes. Um, on behalf of Joe, myself, I want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Once again, please find us on Discord, hop in the conversation. Uh, there's an active conversation around this, liberating structures, open space. Joe basically hit for the cycle. We're all chatting about these things. So please hop in and get in on the conversation. Um, shout out to Krebs and Machine Man for our free outro uh, music update, music out outro royalty free. Uh, and once again, tune in next week for another episode. And until next time, this is the Agile Uprising Podcast signing out. <laughs>